Today on the 3M Coney, we've got a really special guest. Joe Burrow mentioned him this week. Sam Smathers, who is his youth football coach, who Joe says he made him play quarterback instead of running back or wide receiver. So he's the guy we can all thank for this wonderful experience we're having as Bengals fans. I have done fantasy football drafts in Sam Smathers' garage before I did every Athens high school football game. I'd visit his garage where he'd have wonderful food prepared. And after the game, we'd go celebrate um, whatever happened on that Friday night at what is now named Joe Burrow Stadium. It's, 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 he's a wonderful man. It's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful podcast. I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, get it started. Well, Sam, you are now officially the coach who discovered Joe Burrow. That is now your official title in the media. The Athletic led with it. Uh, I'm sure you've now had plenty of interviews now. Um, Did you think that he would, did you, were you surprised when he bestowed that title upon you, Sam, that you are the guy that made him play quarterback? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I was kind of, you know, my phone blew up that day and I was wondering what is going on. And then finally somebody sent me a video of this presser he had and, and saying what, you know, he didn't want to play quarterback, but Coach Sam Smathers said, too bad, you're going to play. I don't remember going down like that. I really don't. But, you know, like I said, that's been many years ago. And, uh, but, you know, and his dad always, we always had this conversation, you know, this is all your fault when he went to LSU and all that happened. They said, you know, you made him quarterback, so this is your fault. And we joked about it, you know, for years and stuff. But, um, but you know, yeah, I'll, I'll take the blame, I guess. I got broad shoulders. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's not blame. It's, it's a thankful thing. I mean, uh, seriously, I, I think you could walk into Cincinnati and if somebody recognized you, are you the guy that made Joe Burrow play quarterback drinks on me, man? I mean, that's like, <laughs> I, 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 that's the type of legend I think that you've created. And you know, th- that's the legend you've had with me though, Sam, ever since you just kind of told me the story. Um, and I remember the first time I walked into the radio station, Troy Bolin saw my Shawnee brave shirt and immediately started telling me about Joe Burrow and said, were you at that game? Do you remember that game when we beat Shawnee? Oh, that's one of my favorite wins of all time. Um, I wanted to ask you this, Sam. <laughs> what's one of your favorite high school wins of all time? Um, like, like, what's the one that sticks out to you? Because everybody in Athens seems to have a different story. I know if you ask Matt, I think he would mention Fairland maybe as, as kind of one of those games that's up there on the road. Tough game. Joe had to step up. A lot of drama involved. If you had to pick one high school game that Joe played, that's your favorite. Could you pick it and tell me why? Uh, just one. I'd have to. It has to be the year we didn't have a week six game, and we were looking, and we thought about just leaving it blank, and uh, we could have went. I think to Western Brown that year, or Steubenville called and said, "Hey, how about coming up here and playing in Death Valley?" And Coach Adams and you know Powers of B said, "Yeah, let's do it." And, well, if you're taking on that type of situation and you're going, everybody knows Steubenville, they don't play road games. You know, their games are all at home, maybe one game a year they play on the road. So, you know, they'll play a nine or ten game schedule and they won't leave their confines of that Death Valley up there. But I think that'd be the best. We went up there um, confident. Um, of course, like we, like Joey and that group of boys was, um, very confident and came out on the field for, Started with our with our sway and the hammer and went almost right on the F. 
of their field on Steubenville F and did our warm-up, you know, our sway, and got fired up. I was like, well, if we didn't poke the bear, we poked it now. So, <laughs> so I, that's what we – that's what I love about it, Sam, is that it just sounds so similar to what Bengals fans have been seeing all year. I mean, it, it was it that exact type of vibe, the confident we don't care who this is or where we're at vibe, uh, that trip to Steubenville in week six? Oh, exactly. And it was their homecoming. So, you know, and but anyway, you know, it was it just was that type of vibe. I mean, you know, going there and we traveled well. I mean, our fan base traveled well. We're up there and uh, and. It was like we had more, we had so many fans. We were sitting on their side, and they had an end zone section. And people were going, "Well, you're in Steubenville, you're in Death Valley now." And I'm like, and "They scored first, and guy turned around and said all night long." And then Trey took off on a long run, and I said, "Back at you, buddy. I said we're here to play, not here to look at you." And it was it was on from there. And I think we scored could have scored more points on them than anybody, but we had the ball down on the five yard line, and Coach Adams pulled the dogs off and uh, wouldn't let us score. I know Joey wanted that score. He wanted to put that over the top, but um, we beat them, you know, pretty soundly. And they had some pretty top athletes back then that were going places, um, D1, you know, prospects. So to go up there and do that, and in the second half, it just poured down rain and everybody, you know, everybody was soaked. And, and uh, I mean, it was a great feeling. I, all I remember is uh, a friend of ours walking out and, Somebody was saying, you know, to the opposing fans, said, you ought to pick somebody you can beat for your homecoming game. And I'm like, yeah, baby, that's exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I'd have to pick. How to pick a Steubenville game? That that, that that rank right up there. Well, and I, you know, I think that a lot of Bengals fans, if they would pick a game this year, kind of if, if you if you want to go similar, is the Week Seven game on the road at Baltimore because that's kind of when this team opened our eyes of, oh, maybe they can do it this year. Maybe they can make noise this year. Maybe they can win a playoff game this year. Um, and where was it for you in this Bengals season that you realized, oh, my God, the same thing is happening that happened at Athens. Same thing is happening that happened at LSU. Now it's happening in Cincinnati. I mean, did you know, like, training camp? Or did you know when Joe was hanging out around Athens and riding his bike around? When did you know yeah. that it was going to be the same story, man? Well, he did. I didn't really. I mean, I don't know if it was an aha moment. I know um, we went to the first game of the year. Uh, we played Minnesota, and um, I'm telling you what, that game right there. I'm thinking, well, this is a game nobody expected us to win. We well, six game, six wins on the year was what we projected, and we was driving home going, nobody, nobody expected us to win this game, and we hung with them and. And, you know, did just enough and did this and, and um, you know, but I, I don't know. I, the, yeah, you're right. The Ravens game was kind of a turning point in the season on the road, uh, you know, against the team we should no idea, you know, no intentions of beating and nobody had to give us a chance. And, uh, but there again, you know, you, you keep putting that thing out there that doubts Joey and, and, and Joey will, you know, make it, make you pay for it. So, you know, but as far as one game, I can't, I, I don't know if there is one game. You're right. I'd say the Ravens would be it. Um, I just know what Joe does. And then, you know, am I surprised of what I've seen this year? No. I've seen it before. I've seen a lot um, from, you know, youth football all the way up. So, and, you know, was I expecting to be in a Super Bowl? No. Nobody, nobody gave us a chance. I mean, you couldn't say that if anybody was, they'd be lying to you. 
But um, am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised what Jody's doing. Uh, you know, we come to we come to know that's what it is. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I I think that attitude that comes from Athens, and Joe kind of talked about that today during his press conference, he said, one of the things about being from a small town in Southeast Ohio is I really appreciate the relationships that I get to form through football with people from Chicago and Atlanta, you know, with people from all around the country. And that appreciation of just the game, the appreciation of the moment, I mean, Southeast Ohio, if if... It's Trimble Athens, the Jamboree game, when those two teams were incredible. That was a big deal in Southeast Ohio. It, you know, and, <laughs> and I think that the ability to treat, Caleb Moon said this on the podcast, what makes Joe Burrow great? And I asked him, what makes him great in big games? Caleb Moon said, it's his ability to treat every game as a big game, even if it's a game of ping pong or a game of chess. Every game is a big game. Every moment is a big moment, a moment to prove yourself, a moment to make yourself better, a moment to win. And I just think that that attitude it comes from Southeast Ohio. It comes from guys and coaches like you, Sam, who love the game purely for the game, not the money, not the crowds, not the, you know, the idealism of football or the popularity of football, but simply for the game. And, and that's what I love so much about covering football in Southeast Ohio, Sam, was yeah. how much everybody appreciated. I mean, one of, the mo- one of the most favorite games I ever called was that Nelsonville-York-Vinton County game when VC nearly pulled the upset and Nelsonville-York came back to win it on their home field in week nine. And we had guys, oh, call- yeah. we had guys calling to the radio station saying it was the most fun they've ever had listening to a football game. For a high school yeah. game in week nine. Yeah. And I think that love of football has translated to Joe, and and I think that's bleeding into the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. When um, when Joey went down to LSU and and he jumped right into um, you know training camps and and, and and sprints and stuff, and he went out there and he beat everybody in sprints, and he he tried to beat everybody and and everything. He tried to you know that's the competitiveness of, of Joey, and and when he does that. That that bleeds off that leaks that osmosis just goes right into the team. Everybody feeds off that, and he's he's done like I said he's done it from youth football all the way up here, and he did it at LSU, and now he's doing it at Cincinnati. Which you know, I guess I guess we're numb to it. I suppose I don't know, but um, you know we're used to seeing him do that and then just you know take over a, a team that you know and lead by example and just do all right. You follow me. We'll t- I'll take you there. Yeah, that bleeding you mentioned, why do you think that happens? Why do teams elevate? Like when you watch the youth teams or the old Athens teams or the LSU teams, it feels like everybody becomes their best self around Joe Burrow. Nathan White once told me, "It's I swear to you, Lucas, there would be guys that shouldn't have been able to block who they were blocking and guys that were tackling people they should not have been able to tackle. Explain that for me as a coach, Sam. Oh, well. You, you don't coach that. That's instilled in a, in a, in a person and his, his, his makeup and his personality and his upbringing and, you know, and all the things that, that go with that and uh, the competitiveness he had as, you know, as a young kid, being the youngest of three boys, you know, and very young, you know, well separated from his brothers. But, um, you know, the, the competitiveness has got to start, you know, at home. And, and, you know, when you start that and, and I've seen it in youth football practice in third and fourth grade, you know, and drills. Any drill we did, he wanted to be the best at it. And, uh, you know, you, you don't coach that. That's, that's instilled in a man. And uh, I'll tell you right now, he, you know, coming through, and he had 14 or 16 kids that played with him 
here at Athens from third grade to 12th grade. And when you have a, a nucleus of guys that, you know, that big, that played together that many years, it's, it's, you don't even have to ask what they're going to do or, or how they're going to act or, you know, you, you just made them better for, you know, the years they had together. And when they get on a field and they they walk on that white, inside that white line, they know what's going to go down and they know what to expect of each other. And so that, that, and then when he went to LSU and did that same thing, that's when it, it really caught me that, you know, this guy's a true leader, you know, in the sense that, you know, he's a Joe Montana type thing. He's a, you know, Tom Brady, I guess, or whatever they want to compare him to. But yeah. um, he is, you know, he's just that guy on the field that, you know, everybody, he, you know, the team will go as he goes. And, you know, everybody knows that, you know, we don't have the greatest offensive line this year. And some of these talking heads you listen to on, in the morning shows and stuff on the radio and this, that, and the other, they're scared to death because they said, you know what, if they get an offensive line next year, look out NFL. You know, if they got, you know, a, a two, three deep offensive line that they can rotate guys in and out, look out NFL, and I agree with them. You know, you know, if we're doing what we're doing with who we have, you know, not real deep, and, you know, the young guys that we have on there, uh, it's, it's going to be amazing next year. And, you know, like I said, we're playing with house money. We have been from day one. And, and uh, you know, anything that happens from here on out is just, you know, icing or cherry, whatever you want to say on that cake. And, uh it's all because of Joey, in my opinion. Yeah, and I just, I think that the opportunity for Joe, if he can win this game, the reason I think it's a really huge moment, it's not oh. because, it's not the winning one championship in Cincinnati. If he wins this one game, there are there are goals that would have been unimaginable to Joe Burrow um, when he was a sophomore at Ohio State that would become available to him. There are goals that he can set that, you know, because, you you know, you talk about goal setting and I think Joe Burrow and, and you believe in this type of goal setting where they have to be, they have to be trackable. They have to be goals that are coming soon and they have to be reachable. I mean, you can't set unreachable goals in the long term. You'll get lost in the sauce. You got to stay day to day, right? And move right. forward day to day. But if Joe Correct. and Joe Burrow is now at the point where if he can win this Super Bowl, he can start looking at at guys that have very famous names, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, you said them, and it can be this goal that we just never imagined for an athlete from Southeast Ohio. He now has the path laid in front of him. And I, I just think that the potential of that, and, and Joe Burrow is not like an Andrew Luck where he's got this idea of a life outside football. I really think Joey is, although he's a well-rounded person, I think he really loves the game more than any quarterback prospect over the last few years, genuinely, because he had to, or otherwise he would have, he would have maybe not even gone to Ohio state because he had to love the game so much to reach out to the recruiting base because of how ignored he was in Southeast Ohio. Just, I mean, from scale of one to 10, how much does Joe Burrow just simply love football? Would he do it without a paycheck? I would. I would have to say probably yes. Um, I would almost say yes on that. Um, you're right. He does love football, and uh, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for Joe on that aspect of it, but you know, but he he has been, you know, from day one that I had him here in youth in youth football and all that. Um, very just quiet, you know, attentive, you know, assertive, listening. You know, whatever we said, he he did it to perfection. Um, you know, I had 
I had to get varsity coaches in here. You know, uh, Les Champlin came over. I said, hey, former varsity coach here. I said, come over to practice and, you know, help me. You know, I want to teach him how to roll out and throw. You know, I'm, I don't do that. And so he came over and gave us a few pointers and stuff on that. And, and I can watch plays in third grade that he was rolling out to his right, ducking, missing a tackle, flipping out, and throwing a touchdown. And you can see it in high school. You can see it at LSU. And you just seen it at San, against San Francisco. I mean, and you, you just see that, that same progression all the way through. And, uh, you know, just amazing. You know, I'd say he'd play for just the love of the game. You know, he'd play for, you know, peanuts. You know, that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean – he, had, but Joe Burrow also is a smart guy. Understands the value of money. But if he would have ended up working at Goldman Sachs, I mean, there would have been some football league that he'd have been tearing up. I mean, I, there's. I think he's a guy that would play the game forever. Um, I wanted to pivot to this to ask you as a coach in Southeast Ohio. I'm wondering because Joe Burrow broke so many barriers and misconceptions about Southeast Ohio athletes. Do you think that his presence is going to change the way that the area is recruited and the way that athletes within the area think about themselves. I mean, I talk about here in Chicago, kids, kids that went to Derrick Rose's high school, they think they're going to the NBA because they've seen it before. They, they walk the halls. Do you think that it's going to change Joe Burrow's presence going to change the way that Southeast Ohio athletics at the youth level operates? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get, you'll get more people out, more kids out to play. Um, and that's, that's a fact, you know, throughout the years when our high school team does well, our numbers go up in um, youth football because they're, they're over there on Friday night watching it. And they say, I'm going to play that. So their mom and dad get them in youth football. Um, so, you know, winning breeds success. Everybody knows that. So when, when Joey was uh, – what he's done and what he's doing, yeah, it'll, it'll get these kids, you know, thinking, hey, I want to play football because the way he likes to play football, because he loves the game. And that's what I always emphasize on these kids every year. You know, you play the game football because you love it, not because your best friend's doing it, not because of who the coach is. You play because you love the game. And I, I, I stress that a lot to these kids when they're growing up. Um, but that's the only thing you can do. You can only play because you love the game. And I hope it brings some, you know, attention down here from Ohio High School Athletic Association because we get overlooked in our own state, um, uh, uh, you know, by a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, every sport, every sport. Oh. I mean, it's the football. It's every sport. We get overlooked. Oh, it's Southeast Ohio. It's, you know, we, we don't worry about them. And, you know, oh, they'll get a guy out every, you know, a, a person or a team out every four or five years. No, you know, but, you know, that's just it. We get overlooked a lot. The, the case in point, I had a LA Times came here yesterday and did an interview with me, and he's driving from Cincinnati over. He says he gets about halfway here and he sees, he said, the mountains are looking, he said, you're, you're driving along and you see these snow top mountains. And I said, they're foothills. And he said, yeah, but like, if you wouldn't know, then you didn't know, you know, coming into Southeast Ohio, you look like, you felt like he's in Colorado. I said, well, I, you're not the only one, you know, that don't know where Southeast Ohio is. So, you know, that's, that's what everybody's going to think when they come here because nobody comes here. You know, it's, this isn't the place, you know. The, the economics isn't great, you know. If you're not working at a, a school, one of the five county schools, or OU, you know, or the state, you know, the state department, ODOT, you know, those are our big jobs. That's it. Yeah. You know, so you know, there's nothing here, and uh, so he, to hear him say that, I'm like, yeah. Well, you're not the only one that don't know where it is, but you know, but I hope it brings more recognition just from the Ohio High School Athletic Association to our area. Um, you know, stating, you know. 
showing what we have down here. And, you know, but I think the kids will, will come and, and uh, think, well, I have a chance. You know, if he can do it, maybe I can do it, you know. Um, but it's not given to you. You know, you got to work for it. you got to work for it. Yep. Yeah, so. I mean, he, he, there's it obviously is in the athlete's hands, but I think it just – I think it opens up their eyes into what they're potentially capable of because Joe Burrow, his sophomore year, was 155 pounds. Look at him now. Look what you can accomplish. Look what you can do with your body. Look what you can do with your arm strength. Look what you can look what you can do. And and this guy that walked the halls of Athens High School that, you know, was in the area playing Nelsonville, York, playing Vinton County, like he was here. You can do that. I think that's a really powerful, powerful message. And it's also going to make coaches in the future who visit Southeast Ohio, they're going to look at guys now and go, maybe he's Joe Burrow. You know, like maybe he's Joe Burrow. And that just power is going to get way more kids offers and opportunities and recruited. Like, you know, you look at Cam Kittle, a really great quarterback um, with Trimble. Really good athlete, plays both ways, very similar to Joe Burrow, Southeast Ohio. Like, Cam's not the same player that Joe was. But Ohio State's like, well, let's let him walk on. Let's see if he's got that same work ethic, that same grind. I think that power really permeates and will help a lot more kids get really good opportunities, which can lead to amazing, amazing things um, for the kids out of the area. And I, I just think it's a mass positive. Um, and you've been, t- you've been kind of, I think, Sam, you showed me the potential of this. And I kind of took the hype train and ran with it on on, on local radio. Um, the day you taught me about him, the day you showed me the pictures and told me the stories about the games and why he was successful and why he did what he did. And the reason that I think that I was able to be, quote unquote, ahead of it in terms of people that aren't actually from Athens is because I just took what you guys were saying at face value. And I feel like so many, so many people took what you guys the coaches, the fans, um, the media around Athens were saying about Joe Burrow, and they still have to this day, they have taken what what is being said for granted instead of just truth because of where he's from, because of his path. And I just think if he can go win this game, I think there's going to be a big reckoning and everybody's going to kind of look in on themselves and go, man, we should have seen this coming, shouldn't we have? I feel like that there were a lot of people that should have seen this coming, Sam. I, what, do, what do you think about, what do you think about, do you, like I think that we should have believed in this more. That this could have been more possible. Have we underestimated him? Even those that believe in him the most. Well, that's that's Joe Burrow. That's his uh, that's his thing. But let the doubters doubt and keep doubting. I mean, we're four point underdogs. So hey, yeah. let, him, let him think that way. You know, that's fine. You know, he feeds on that, and he you know that trickles down to everybody that's around him. They feed on that. But, you know, I don't feel he has to win this game to turn things around. I think he's already done that by saying, look, look where we are. Look where we are, you know. And, you know, we, we weren't projected to be here probably for two or three years. And But look what we did this year, you know, with the, with the skill we have and the talent we have on offense and defense and just picking up a few guys here and there in the free agency, you know, from last year to this year. Um, I don't feel he has to win it to prove anything. I think, you know, if he goes out there, and I know Joey, it's going to be a competitive game. And if we're if we're right there, and you know, in the end, then you know, McPherson, you know, he's proved himself to yeah. be coming in quicker. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you know, Joey's going to do what he has to do to get us in a position to win, and it doesn't take long, and you see it. You know, one pass here or there, and it doesn't matter who it is, too. 
as you know, and we're we're in field goal range. You know, we we get on the plus side of that fifty. I'm giving McPherson, you know, hey, you get the nod, son. Good to it. So. so- Let's let's talk about the game here at the end of of the pod, Sam. Um, thank you so much yep. for coming on. I mean, I really appreciate the insight oh, and the, and the conversation. And uh, you know, I I've called high school football in Indiana, some here in Chicago, and it's just not the same, man. It's it's just not the same in terms of the love from the fan base of it. So, you know, I, I <laughs> I'm scared to get lost in the sauce with you about um, Southeast Ohio football when we have the Super Bowl coming up. I. I don't think the Bengals should be counted out in this game, and yet all I'm seeing early Monday morning is that they've got no shot. Jalen Ramsey's going to shut down Jamar Chase. Aaron Donald is going to get three sacks. Um, nobody can guard Odell Beckham. Nobody can guard Cooper Cup. And Matthew Stafford is is Aaron Rodgers. That's what I've seen this morning, Sam. Where do you, What are your thoughts on the game? Like, what do you put, what's the key to this win for Cincinnati? In, in terms of, is it keeping Joe clean? Oh. It, it, I mean, that's the obvious one. Is there well, another key? What's the key for Cincinnati in the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, didn't we just beat Nash, or Tennessee and Nashville and the Titans down there? And they, that was supposed to be the best defense going. And, and they sacked Joey nine times and, you know, pulled out a victory. You know, I mean, what's L.A. going to sack him ten times? and thinking that's going to be enough. Um, you know, Mixon's going to have to run the ball. Everybody knows that. Um, you know, we got to, you know, play – no turnover ball. Everybody knows that. And, you know, just things have got to work. And I, I'm not, you know, I mean, they can sack him 10 times, but I still don't mean they're going to win. I mean, Kansas City, for instance, we were down 21 to 3. And so, what, we were supposed to lay down and let them have it. You know, defense stepped up in that game and, and came to life. And uh, people can call it magic. People can call it, you know, you know, bouncing your way or, you know, getting the breaks or, you know, this is a miracle year or whatever you want to say. Um, but it happens, you know, that's why you play the game. So you're down 21 to three against Kansas city. Who's four AFC title games at home that, and come back and beat them. You know, I mean, I'm telling you right now, good luck. I mean, in the, the game that scared me the most was Tennessee. We never, we never told that game. And the whole time we're thinking, all right, we don't start playing until we get down two scores. You know, that's been our mantra all year long. And it's funny, but, that, that seems to be the thing. And uh, Tennessee, we we didn't trail the whole game, and we beat them. So, it's, it's this one. And they sacked. I mean, they, they came after Joe, and they did what they had to do. So, personally, I mean, if Cincinnati does what they've been doing, and we stay healthy, and, and nobody gets hurt, and we don't turn the ball over, there's a W on that board for the Bengals. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I, I think that and, – and them just being underdogs is going to up the level of focus – um, from the Bengals. I mean, do you, I'm not worried about focus in this game for Cincinnati. Are you worried at all? I know you're not worried about Joe, but are you worried at all about, you know, guys that haven't been here before? Um, you know, like Matt, like John's like Clay Johnson on defense or DJ readers never been in this game before. Or do you think that Joe's attitude is going to permeate? I mean, are you worried? I, I just don't think the stage is going to be too big for this team. No, no, it's just another game. It's just another game. I mean, I guarantee you that that's been said, and I'm sure Joey's going. You know, it's just another game, guys. We just got to go out and do what we do, play this game. What stage is what stage, irregardless? It's their home field, so you went to their place, and now you're playing on their home field. So what? You know, yeah. it's just another game. I don't feel anything. You know, I don't feel any pressure from that. You know, from that. Um, I feel. You know, I hope the coaches. 
you know, don't get in their own way and, you know, just stay out of the way and let this team do what they need to do. Um, don't try to overthink yourself. Don't try to overcoach yourself. You know, let, let things happen. If the, if the headset goes bad and, and Joey's helmet, hey, like it did in Tennessee, let him call a few plays. I'm sure it'll work out just for the best. So, you know, that's the thing right there. You know, just I don't, you know, I don't think the players will have an issue. I don't think, you know, as long as the coaches don't overthink themselves, um, I think this will be, you know, just another game. Yeah, and, and in fact, I think the one thing we're not really considering that nobody's considering is this will be the first warm weather, clean turf game in a long time for the Bengals. And that 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 kind of fits their style of play, that speed aspect. The And if you look at Joe Burrow's split, grass to turf, I don't know if you've ever looked at this, like throughout his career, whenever he gets an opportunity to play on a turf field, and that's why it was such a blessing that Athens had that new turf field put in right before Joe showed up because – when Joe Burrow plays on turf, it is another level of game because his, his receivers have clean cuts, clean breaks. Everything is on time. There's no wind. There's no there's nothing to interrupt the timing and rhythm of it. And that's what Joe Burrow plays on is timing and rhythm. And I think that SoFi Stadium is about the best environment to throw a football in in the NFL right now because it's Los Angeles and because it's in a dome and because it's the nicest, newest field in the league. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, I know our, our new turf field was from a misfortunate, you know, weather, you know, disaster. You know, it's the reason we have turf. But, um, you know, we had grass the freshman year. So then we had a tornado hit and, and pretty much wiped out our stadium. And everybody, you know, got together in the Bulldog Blitz and they fundraised and we have turf. And, and that's why Joey had turf for the three years, you know, he started here. Yeah, and, I, you know, I didn't mean to say that the tornado was a blessing. I meant to say that the the ability for the town to get together and make it a turf field was really crucial, I think. Um, because now yeah. now the place is a playoff site, and it's a beautiful field, a beautiful stadium, yeah. um, Joe Burrow Stadium. And I just, I just always thought it was interesting how that came together. And, and it just, it it feels like magic, Sam. But I think it's not because it's all about the work and Joe Burrow has put in the work and I just I Oh, I agree. I, no, I, no, I totally agree. I mean I'm just saying I'm just saying what other people are saying. You know, the, the talking heads and you know, they're they're calling it a miracle year, the magical year. I don't know what you know, hey, you call it what you want. I call it hard work and determination and, you know, a chip on your shoulder and uh, a group of guys that bonded together and love the game of football, they're playing because they love it right now. Yeah. That's exactly and Joe said it the other week. It's like we're just a bunch of friends out there playing football, and I think that's. Exactly. And I think, yeah, I think that's the Bengals' culture for the next ten, fifteen years. No matter how much success they have, because that's how Joe Burrow is always going to play. No matter how many millions of dollars he makes, or how many commercials he's in, or how much he's featured in the national media, I, I, I don't think the kid is going to ever change. And I think that's what's so exciting about all this, Sam. Is it's very clearly sustainable because of his personality, his attitude, his professionalism, and his background. And I've met all you guys, and I know what um, people from Southeast Ohio are all about, and that's what makes it so exciting is that there, there's no, there's not going to be a different Joe Burrow in 15 years. It, it's no. it's going to be Joe Burrow. No, I don't see it either. I, I'm with you. All right. Well, Sam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'll go ahead and let you go. I know you're a busy man. Um, you got to send me some salsa, please. I'm dying. Okay. <laughs> I, we got jars. Of, I've still got plenty downstairs. You, you know, I'll try to get you some, but, you know, you need to stop in town. I'm sitting here looking at Joe Burrow Field right now through the window in my front yard. 
it's covered in snow. So now's a good time to come, or, you know, right before the Super Bowl when you have some fresh salsa. Oh, man. <laughs> I wish hey, I could... one thing. Well, let me give you one. Let me give you one before we get off here. Yeah. Who day, baby? Who day? I love it, Sam. I love it. It's 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 been such a journey. I, I so appreciate you coming on the show, and um, I'm so happy that you're getting the proper attention um, for this discovery for this thing you've been telling me about since 2016, dude. Since I was a freshman at Ohio yep. University, you've been telling me about this kid. Um, you yep. you made me do radio segments about Joe Burrow when he was backing up JT Barrett. And I really appreciate you um, doing that for me. And uh, and I really appreciate uh, our friendship. And I can't wait to come back to Athens in July, man. Hey, Lucas, thank you for having me on. And, um, you know, you're the best. I love listening to your uh, 3M Coney here. It's, it's awesome. Keep it up. All right, thanks. That's Sam Smathers. This has been the 3AM Coney. All right, see you.